Well, hello there. What's a smark, you ask? Well, we're a special type of fan who understands and appreciates the product on a more in-depth level than you. Or so we like to think. And now, the world's foremost authority. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. It's too late yeah. for me. I'm like Gollum and the Ring Man. I'll jump in the fucking lava. It's, I don't want to, but it's gonna happen. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. Hug Life, man. Hug Life, man, not Thug Life. What is this? Why is Bailey Thug Life now instead of Hug Life? You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome everybody back to the show. This is episode number 62. And we have some very exciting news to break. The Hardys are free agents again. Completely free. Do you think we're going to see any deletions at WrestleMania? Uh, it's very possible. Because you know the WWE. Like, the logic should be that you keep them away until after mania because you're gonna have the wrestlemania hangover and that's the best time to bring in guys either from the outside or from nxt Mm -hmm. but you know that that the golden fruit of the hardys right now with how hot they are they they might blow their load early yeah definitely um and you know what actually i just had a fucking idea because if they were going to have a match it's it's too late to have like a really long build what yeah, it's do just is gotta kinda, be the real quick. Yeah, just like a real quick kind of fun, like, payoff. And I think what you would do, have it be against the New Day. The New Day versus the Hardys. Hmm. That's what you would have at WrestleMania. Like, Why that'd the be New cool. Day? Because the New Day are kind of goofy, too. Okay. You know, New Day are kind of like the standard bearer as far as the tag team division in WWE today. And uh, they're also kind of like the host of WrestleMania. So you have more of that option of either you could do like either a quick match or maybe like a surprise just segment of them being out there talking about how like maybe we're the greatest tag teams ever. And then like the Hardys show up and then they have a segment and maybe like a quick little like scat back and forth, maybe a little bit of action or a really quick match. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, like they they go to... Uh, reveal their ice cream and Vanguard 1 comes out. Oh shit! <laughs> oh my god, dude. You just got it. <laughs> Vanguard 1 appears in the ice cream. Holy shit. Because <laughs> you know what? Especially if you're going to carry over any of the goofiness of their characters, I think New Day is who you'd have to feud with because they're the only other people who have that like level of goofiness that would make it work. Yeah. That would be killer. And then um, you would definitely have to rein in the characters, though. Oh, yeah. Like, they, they couldn't be TNA level of absurd. But yeah, you could still definitely have, like, kind of the crazy, unhinged sort of gimmick. Now, this is the other uh, variable that's up in the air, is apparently there's now the contention of whether Matt can continue doing this gimmick. Because um, he's arguing that he has rights to it, and TNA uh, says that the, they own the IP. So... Do you think uh, them coming back as the good old Hardy Boys could uh, still bring that level of heat? Um, I mean, people will be excited for a hot minute. I'm sure they'd sell a couple t-shirts, but like, that's not where the money would be long term. The long term mm-hmm. money would be coming back as you know the new broken gimmick or 
something very similar to it. Like if TNA decided to, if they even could fuck them over and take the gimmick, then I'm sure yeah. they could just be like, all right, well we slightly t- tweak it in this way. And now, <laughs> yeah, we're just doing the same thing, but it's a little bit different. Disrepaired Matt Hardy. <laughs> no, be deleted Matt Hardy. <laughs> just yeah, like I've deleted or... myself. <laughs> <laughs> I've deleted myself. <laughs> Recycle, recycle, <laughs> recycle, recycled Matt Hardy. <laughs> oh man! Remember, kids, reduce, reuse, recycle, <laughs> <laughs> and eat your green beans. <laughs> oh, he loves it. broken Matt. Loves green beans. He does. Yeah. Oh, all right. I did not know that. Yeah, <laughs> Man, I, I haven't been keeping up in my broken lore. Uh, oh, and uh, I think it's obvious you definitely keep the two of them together. You you yeah. don't split them up. Clearly. Um. Yeah. So they're free and clear to go. Um. Just to let everyone else know that also TNA lost Drew Galloway and then Mike Bennett and Maria Kanellis. Do you think all any of them are WWE bound or NXT? Uh, Mike Bennett, I would say, is definitely a possibility, uh, along with Maria. Um, Drew, it seems like he's very focused over in Europe. Mm. Um, I think he's the champion of both insane championship wrestling out of Scotland, and also he's the champion of what culture pro wrestling in England. So, oh, wow. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's I got think some he's, shit going then. Oh, yeah. At the, I think all, all three of those groupings, well... Drew and then the other two groupings of like the Hardys. That's a huge loss to their their talent roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see if Jeff Jarrett is a miracle worker. <laughs> well, I mean, he's kind of been involved in the TNA's upper echelon before, yeah. Yeah, and he's bringing back the the big guns again. He's got a uh, Zeb Coulter and uh, uh, who else? Oh, Scott Demore, who he was the one that like originally booked. The, uh, when the TNA's women division like really came up and running, so like when they had Gail Kim and Awesome Kong and things like that, he was that booger. Speaking of women, though, Beth Phoenix has been announced for the Hall of Fame class. Yes. Uh, what do you What do you think of this? Um. Yeah, I mean, cool. You know, another one of the kind yeah. of women that broke the mold and, or you know, broke the mold as in that just like the typical, especially like at the time that Beth Phoenix was in WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that was the that was like the time of like the Kelly Kelly and like Eve Torres and all those people. Who there's talk of I think a group of them inducting her, which would include Kelly Kelly. Oh, okay. I think it's like all the women that she was in the company with at that time mm. might induct. Why wouldn't they just let Natalia do it? I don't know Natalia or Edge. or Edge. Yeah, actually, fucking Edge, her husband. Yeah. And also Hall of Famer. Yeah, why aren't they letting do Edge do it? Yeah. Well, whatever. I guess it's their choice. It, it probably didn't really matter that much. But yeah, uh, that's kind of the reaction I've heard. Like People are just like, yeah, that's a good choice. And I, I agree. Beth was definitely like, I think she could have done more in a different time. But Yeah, like if she was in a time where she had actually had like other women to really wrestle, then... Yeah. That would have been cool, but yeah, she was stuck in an era of bimbos. Yeah, exactly. 
All right, so you ready for our build up to Fastlane? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's uh, go through Raw and maybe a little touch on two hundred five live, and then get some Fastlane predictions. Yeah. Um. So we started off the night with what I thought was I thought it was a good segment of uh, Goldberg and Kevin Owens getting back and forth with promos, but just a little, just like that was it. It was just those first fifteen minutes of Raw. Mm-hmm. That's what's promoting our main event, and gone. Yeah, well, because uh, I guess they really wanted to have that Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman thing at the very end, you know. Um, but yeah, I thought uh, good promos out of both Owens and Goldberg. Um, Goldberg is, I just thought it was really fun, kind of funny because he goes, um, he's like, Kevin Owens just talking last week, and I'm not going to do that. And then goes on to continue talking. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of a, I mean, it was a decent segment, but I thought it was really not a whole lot new, you know? No, it was just the repeats. And, uh, but Goldberg, the, the one new thing was that Goldberg says he's promising above everything else. And he never breaks his promises that he will win the championship on Sunday, which uh, I know WWE doesn't follow booking one Oh one, Exactly, but usually when your baby face promises that, you have to deliver. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah. Because even within the way they book things, like, they let Goldberg beat Lesnar. There's no way they're letting Kevin Owens beat Goldberg. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's just no way they would let it happen. There's, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, I bet he's not even going to last more than the 86 seconds or whatever it was that Brock did. Kevin Owens isn't going to last that long. Because you think it's an even bigger squash match? I think so, because they would be too insecure to be like, well, we can't have somebody else last longer than Lesnar. That would make Lesnar look weak. Yeah, shit. They're really booking themselves into a corner, aren't they? Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> because the only way that this match makes sense to actually go, based on the way Kevin Owens has been talking, is for him to draw it out as long as possible. To just immediately roll out of the ring and just keep staying outside of the ring until Goldberg gets gassed. That's going to take a lot longer than a minute and a half. Well, maybe not a lot longer. Maybe it'll only take like three minutes, but (laughs) you know, I feel like WWE would be, they're not going to let Kevin Owens last that long because it would make Lesnar look weak in their eyes or something. Yeah. I mean, I think they could get away with Owens lasting longer, but eventually losing, but you're right. Even if he does last longer, it could lead people to be like, hey, he lasted longer than Lesnar? Like, and really question Lesnar's. Yeah. Although I guess what you're saying, yeah, maybe like if he's just, if he's running away the entire time, then it's like, well, he lasted longer, but he didn't even try to fight him. He literally was just trying to run away from him until Goldberg caught him and killed him. (laughs) And do you think, because do you think that works with the promo that he cut last week then, saying that, he has the strategy to last longer and therefore wind out Goldberg, so to speak. Yeah. Although, I mean, I would really like for that to, you know, that would make sense within the context at least. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I would love for that to have extended into if he could actually legitimately beat Goldberg or at least give him a run for his money of like maybe a couple really like close count outs and a couple near pinfalls or something like, you know, he's gassing him out and then all of a sudden he turns around and hits him with a power bomb. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, just something to take advantage of the fact that, like, hey, I wore you down. 
now I'm going to hit you. But uh, I'm sure he'll probably get little to no offense at all. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, poor poor Owens. But um, we shall see. Looking back on it now, because I mean, do you do you think there's any way that Owens keeps the title? I think there's a small chance. Hmm. Um, like I don't think there's, I don't think it's a hundred percent that Goldberg. Uh. Goldberg retains, mm-hmm. um, like because I think there's that small chance that maybe they see that the Goldberg Lesnar match doesn't need the title. Yeah, I could see that. The only, I mean, I think there's like maybe a ten percent chance that Kevin Owens doesn't lose it, but given that he probably will, looking back now, just in retrospect, that it's like all right, we've seen the last moments of the Kevin Owens title era, and we've seen the beginning. Like looking back on it, what do you think of the Kevin Owens? Universal Championship title run. Wasn't the best. No, definitely was not the best. Uh, but it is going to be a title reign that I think I remember. Yes. Because um, I think there was a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of moments to remember. I think what the criticism is going to be was that it was a lot of funny moments with him and Jericho. Yeah. So I think if he does get the title again, I would love to see a more serious reign out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I think so that'll just... definitely come again at some point. Yeah, but otherwise, yeah. I mean, it it was a it was a long run, and like it, he's not going to go down as like a transition champion or anything like that. Yeah, like he definitely held it long enough to actually have an identity as champion. You know, it wasn't the greatest identity as champion, but at least it's. It is definitely memorable because of the stuff with Jericho. Yeah. So because like how like, long he's had this since what like July right? Um, since like or August September maybe like August September right after SummerSlam. Okay. Because yeah, okay, Finn, that Finn won at was... SummerSlam, but then had to give it up. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, since like August September. So yeah, mm-hmm. good long run. Yeah, and you know, it. it I think it's at least even though. <laughs> It would have been great for him to have had like a really dominant kind of run, really establish just himself instead of the thing with Jericho. Like, at least the thing with Jericho is memorable, and I think memorable is still better than just nothing. Because there's some people who just have straight up nothing title runs, and uh, you know, even if this wasn't dominant, at least it's memorable and fun. Yeah. Um, something that was memorable was the ending to the Oscars last night, or not last night, but Sunday night. Yeah, and the um, New Day making and, fun of it. <laughs> and, of course, the New Day made fun of it. But, hey, at least <laughs> the New Day making fun of it was relevant this week rather than a month-old story about Russian hacking. I wonder if I wonder if part of that was on purpose. It was like, guys, look, can we please just do a relevant thing? Like, you guys may just do that stupid Russian hacking thing last week. Can we do a thing about the Oscars? All right, thank like you. Like, the, the New Day came in and was like, we're doing an Oscar thing. Yeah, it's like, can we please be relevant again? <laughs> Um, and I think it was funny to do it with the Shining Stars too. Yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, the make the stars thing that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then have them get killed by the Big Show. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, actually, you know what? I I was kind of uh, I wasn't fully supporting what you were saying last week, but after getting a look at the Big Show this week, you're right. This is probably the be- the the best Big Show has ever looked. 
Yeah, yeah, sorry. I like, forgot to tell you. Uh, Corey texted me after listening to our show last week, and he was like, "Tell the shithead or something, Newman, that picture is in the best shape he's ever been." I I honestly hadn't looked. I just kind of was like, "Ah, fuck it, whatever." Yeah, you people say Big Show's in good shape. You're fucking eating it. Did you see the abs picture? No, but oh. I just I've only just seen him on Raw. You know, this weekend I was oh, yeah. like, "Oh shit, he actually is looking pretty good." Yeah. And it might all be for nothing. Well, he'll it'll be for something, even if it's not for Shaq, which honestly is yeah. we're probably <laughs> a lot better off without the Shaq match. Uh, but yeah, there's rumors going around that uh, Big Show versus Shaq might not happen. But uh, did you hear Shaq is all defensive and saying it, it's not my fault? Yeah, it's not his fault. It's not his manager's fault. Like it's he's basically saying it's nothing on his side. It's all in the WWE's. And I guarantee it's not. WWE will do anything for money. Yeah, but what? So I think what might happen was is I think Shaq probably asked them for like too much. Like maybe he asked for close to like a Brock Lesnar payday uh, almost. And maybe. they went, yeah, this isn't on pay per view anymore. So no. <laughs> <laughs> like we just need to get the nine ninety nine a month from all of our fans. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because if, if that were the case, then yeah, okay. I I don't think we uh, mentioned it when it came out, but uh, they're in the black now with the network after hey. some of the more recent Good subscription. Shit. Yeah, with the the quarterly reports that have come out, I think the past couple quarters they've been over that. I think it was the two million mark or something like that. They said once they got past mm-hmm. that point, they would be in the black for the network. So nice. Yeah. Hey, then hopefully it just continues to grow from there, you know? Exactly. So, like, at this point now, they they don't really need to put out the money for a Shaq or something like that. Like, Well, yeah, because what fucking value does Shaq really bring? It, no. Like, they've already done so many of those matches with Big Show at this point that it's just like, oh, another celebrity Big Show match. Yeah. Like, Mayweather's match made sense. That was when it was still on pay-per-view. You're going to get maybe that small minority of fans that are like, oh, hey, I'm a big fan of Floyd Mayweather. I could buy this pay-per-view for this one night and see what's going on and maybe bring in a recurring fan. But and at least Floyd Mayweather is like a fighter athlete. Yeah. Big Show's not. Or uh, Shaq is not. Yes. <laughs> like, it's just stupid. Like, nobody's ever sat there and wondered like, hey, I wonder if Shaq could, could beat Big Show. Like, <laughs> People might have wondered, like, hey, could you know, Floyd Mayweather beat Big Show? Like, yeah. that, maybe that's a question somebody's you know, thought of as a dream match. But, yeah, nobody's like, hey, I wonder. If, like, it's the same thing of, like, hey, I wonder if Big Show could, like, play basketball better than Shaq. <laughs> I wonder if Big Show could beat LeBron James at basketball. <laughs> like, okay, I don't, maybe there's one or two fucking freaks out there who just thought of that. But who fucking cares? Uh... Yeah, so hopefully we just won't get this bullshit. And you know what? Because honestly, if they had just fucking done it on Raw, this would have been a great opportunity to say, hey, let's do Big Show and Strowman. Yeah. That would have been a fine WrestleMania match to put together. That doesn't take long in the ring. And it's just kind of like the necessary passing the torch moment. Mm hmm. Here, Big Man to Big Man. And we're now Big Man. Easy. Easy build up, like we said last week. You have them go against guys like Mark Henry and Kane, stuff like that, to build up to it. Right. 
easy. But uh, yeah, now Big Show is just kind of, I assume, going to be in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and probably Sylvie yeah. Strowman. So they'll probably still kind of just have their two giant moment. It just won't be in a solo match. Yeah, I would assume. Uh, let's see. Do you want to do you want to start ripping apart the? Uh, you know what? I don't want to get into the bad women segment yet. I want to okay. talk about the good Cesaro and Samoa Joe segment. Oh yes, because that was right before it. So I think that was Cesaro's probably best promo I've seen outside of maybe the angry one about the draft and the brass rings and stuff. Yes, and but this one kept along that same lines, and I think it also another plus to this segment was highlighted. Joe seems to be super comfortable with promos already. Mm-hmm. Like he's only a, his what third or fourth week on the roster, mm-hmm. and he's already cutting great promos. Yeah, and just I I loved the uh, the chemistry between these two guys too. Like I thought they both did well, mm-hmm. and they did well together. And yeah. I thought that their chemistry in the match was good, too. Like, I would really love to see a Cesaro-Samoa Joe feud. Yeah. And just to shut those smarks up out there, they had one fucking match in ROH. Like, don't act like these guys have, like, been all around the indie scene together. They actually weren't. So, this is a pretty new match. Mm-hmm. And hell, even if, like, yeah, they had fought a bunch, it they definitely haven't fought in several years. Because Cesaro's yeah. been in WWE, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. It it would have been um, a while. Yeah, but I just loved it. You had Joe throw out the brass rings comment, and you had Cesaro able to come back, shut down that comment, and throw an insult right back at Joe. So I just mm-hmm. thought, yeah, their chemistry was just great. Yeah, and like to insult him in a way that actually felt insulting, because I feel like there are a lot of times in WWE, especially with the baby faces, when they insult the heels, that just feels very corny. And she's like just stupid like, face. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, let's get into it. <laughs> God damn it. This segment was so bad in so many ways. So we go from this great Cesaro and Samoa Joe segment to this women segment. So you have Charlotte come out. So it's, it all starts with Charlotte. So Charlotte's cutting this promo and she's basically saying that Bailey is a one-hit wonder. And she starts naming off one-hit wonders. And she does fine at first. She goes through the easy generic ones. Mm-hmm. Vanilla Ice. The Baja Men. Great. Great one-hit wonders. But then she goes... So they're in Green Bay. So the easy uh, joke is Brett Favre or something related to the Green Bay Packers, right? Mm-hmm. So she names Brett Favre next. Names someone else. Uh... I'm going to see if I can pull it up here. But then, and then just goes, and whoever your quarterback is now. And the crowd just died. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was so much wrong with this segment. Like, just the really kind of, like, poorly written segment there for Charlotte. The really, really poorly, like, thought out logic of Bailey. There was a segment where, or a part of the segment where Bailey ends up thanking the crowd for helping her decide to not give up her title mm-hmm. and that it was like because of them and it's like yeah so if the crowd was what? silent last week like how this crowd was a lot of times she might not be champion right now yeah exactly it's like what if that had been predicated on the whole thing of like oh well shit all right i guess you guys don't give a fuck yeah i'll surrender the title then <laughs> Well, 
fuck you guys. I'm out of here. <laughs> that funny, like spontaneous Bailey heel turn. Fine, yeah. fuck you guys. I'm keeping it anyway. She goes into like emo Bailey. Oh my gosh, emo Bailey. <laughs> she like wears her hair down now, and all of her inflatable tube men like deflate as she comes out. Like, <laughs> oh, this be she terrible. comes out to like Marilyn Manson now instead of yeah. <laughs> or like it's her own theme played backwards so it sounds all satanic <laughs> oh and shit. Alright. Uh, and then, of course, this the whole segment, and then sh- uh, <laughs> Sasha comes out to make it even worse. <laughs> like, dude... So then Sasha hate... comes out, and Charlotte throws out the line, Sasha, you must be out of breath. And, like, pauses, expecting a reaction from this audience. And even, I think, the other wrestlers in the ring were just like, Wait, what? Yeah, I think like, they're, just, they're just very confused. Yeah, and she goes, because you keep running to steal Bailey's spotlight. I would have really loved if there had just been one person, and the crowd would just be like, Hey! That was pretty funny! <laughs> or, or it's like, Oh, I get it! <laughs> I got it! I see what you did there! <laughs> like, just, just something would have been really funny. Oh my gosh! But yeah, that was that was bad. Uh, and then, and then of course, <laughs> Sasha's response: "You have a stupid face." <laughs> this is the woman we're supposed to be cheering, ladies and gentlemen. Hail the conquering hero, Sasha Banks, and her amazing trash talking skills. You have a stupid face. You have a stupid face. Ugh. Drive a fucking knife in my brain. That segment was god awful. Yeah. It was bad for everybody. <laughs> Even Dana Brooke, who didn't say anything. <laughs> Even Dana Brooke. You know what? Maybe the only person who came away from this entire thing looking good was Nia Jax, because she ended up pinning the champion. Yeah. And because she didn't have to say anything either, she just came out and had the match. Yeah, she just came out, had a match, threw some bitches around, pinned the champion, and that's it. Like, yeah, which speaking of how you know they're they're gonna have to put her into the title contention pretty damn soon here with oh yeah with that so yeah four way at WrestleMania is gonna happen. that's how it's looking. Um, let's see. We got the uh, uh, Rollins and Triple H segment. Yes. Uh so this was a great segment. Um, we had. Rollins out here getting interviewed by Corey Graves at first, talking about his injury. But then I loved, because I think he tied together all of his character's choices over the more recent past, mm-hmm. and really brought it all together. He talked about how he says, like, he might have deserved this injury because um, he basically, like, all the, the sins he's committed by, like, teaming up with Triple H and stabbing people in the back and, like, this was his injury was karma coming back at him. Mm-hmm. I just like that. I thought that was a great bit of writing there. Well, yeah, it's a good way to have him, you know, try to really redeem himself of like acknowledging the flaws of his actions before and yeah, you know, not just doing the heel thing of blaming everybody. You know, he takes the responsibility on himself and you know, kind of a you know, it just builds sympathy, which is always good for a baby face. And I think this is giving them this injury on Rollins is giving them the opportunity to really make him a baby face. Cause I don't think he ever really had that turn. 
Yeah, maybe this time when he comes back from injury, he can just come back as a baby face. And stay. Like he was supposed to <laughs> the first time. <laughs> yeah. Instead of just coming back as a heel and be like, oh, wait, shit, I guess I was supposed to be a baby face. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, this this definitely is going to be the feud, though, because, like, when Triple H was coming out and then they have, like, their long, big promo bit between Triple H and Rollins and him kind of going over the history of their feud, which, you know, as he reminded us, this is a very, very long relationship in character that these guys have. Yes. I mean, they, they go back to NXT at some points. Yeah, they go back to Seth Rollins' entire career. You yeah. Know, being there in NXT, and then when The Shield came up, you know, at first they were a little bit independent, but then they were working for the authority. And then out of that, then they fought against each other, and then Seth Rollins destroyed The Shield and came with him, and then he's been with Triple H for, you know, last, like, almost two years, and then the injury, and then came back. Like, there's so many fucking things to the story between these two guys. So it's like there is no bigger feud for Seth Rollins probably ever in WWE. Yeah, I mean, unless... Like, you'd, you'd have to spend years crafting another one. Exactly. And <laughs> it, it would have to be at the levels of, like, Austin and The Rock, right? Mm-hmm. To to go after this. Because, like, Austin and Rock always said, like, their story is a never-ending book. Mm-hmm. Um, even to this day, I feel like, um, so yeah, uh, to, for, for Seth to get something else that it would have to be at that level. And this promo was just so good because then it, it finally built up them going back and forth, talking about the whole career to triple H. I think they're selling this, this WrestleMania match. Cause he's saying like, don't come to WrestleMania. Don't call me out at WrestleMania. If you do, it will be the last time you're ever in the ring. Yeah, so do you think this is definitely a match at WrestleMania, or do you think this is going to lead to another moment at WrestleMania that like leads to a match? Or like leads to a series of matches or something? I think either at this point. I think maybe they're they're hedging their bets, so to speak. So that's why they're not saying one way or the other. Yeah, I think they're trying to be very intentional with that as well. But it, it's it's coming off well though. Yeah, because it's like I think that's a a very smart idea because if they just completely do nothing, then it's going to like, they've built up this feud and then it cooled down and they built it up. Like they can't do it again. They need to keep it hot. Yeah. So even if he can't wrestle at WrestleMania, he at least has to have something happen at WrestleMania. Like kind of like how he did the takeover thing at that takeover. Like mm-hmm. he could do a takeover thing of WrestleMania at some point. Yeah. And so, yeah, looking forward to it. But yeah, this is I think this definitely is the the make or break feud for Rollins because if he really makes this and this goes really well and you know it just all clicks, this could be what really cements Rollins as a really genuinely huge babyface in WWE, I think for quite a while. But mm-hmm. if they really fuck this up and if say like they do all this build and then say like Triple H just beats him, like that is going to really damage Seth Rollins, I think irreparably in his WWE career. Like that's going to be Seth Rollins is going to be then like the next Dolph Ziggler of the guy that like they could have turned into something big, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll see what they can make out of him now. Like, I think this is the make or break feud for Rollins. Yeah. Uh, 
I think, like, I think if Triple H did win, I think Rollins could come from, come back from it, but it would take a long time. I mean, I mean, kind of like if he won, like, the feud. Like, if Triple H wins yeah. the feud, then, like, I think Seth Rollins' character is, like, kind of irreparably fucked. Like, to the point where he, unless there was a miracle that came out of the hat, like, he'd probably never be a main event guy. Like, he would always be a mid-card guy then. Mm-hmm. But, I like, they can't be that stupid, right? No, I don't, and I don't think they are. I don't think they are either. The, the indications they've shown with Rollins so far is that they're they'll they'll give it to him. Yeah. Like, wouldn't uh, that be amazing though if they actually didn't? Like, <laughs> they just did all this build up for all this time just to have Triple H just like squash him, like over and over again, like each match. Yeah, like so he, he, they just they fight at every pay per view for an entire year, and Triple H just beats him clean every time. <laughs> Jesus. No, yeah, that that's, that's how they're gonna get him over. That's we're gonna we gotta really get him that baby face sympathy. <laughs> All right, um, let's see. And then the last segment for this show was the uh, Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman thing, right? Yep. <clears throat> so it's uh, the Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman uh, contract signing, which of course breaks out into a brawl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the theme of this brawl was. Roman Reigns' Superman punches mean nothing. Yeah, he just throws them out like candy. Yeah. And Braun just continuously kills him, and it the segment finally ends with, like, Roman barely able to get up, but still signing the contract, because he's that babyface hero. Man, look at how brave he is. He signed that paper when yeah. Braun Strowman was really far away from him. But, I mean, I guess it's like, you know, it's like, oh, he sealed his fate at Sunday. Yeah. And the way they've been doing it so far, at least, you know, for building the, well, can Roman Reigns beat Strowman? Uh, at least Strowman has been getting the upper hand, like, every week. So there is that doubt. Which means bit. he loses at the pay <laughs> Well, yeah, of course, because that's, you know, just WWE shows their hand a little too much sometimes with that. When and the I wonder if it's completely just like, one-sided. <laughs> I wonder if it's just like one Superman punch that does him in. <laughs> like at the pay-per-view, they just replicate like an opposite Blesner Goldberg <laughs> thing where he just <laughs> jumps up, punches Strowman once, and he falls down. Pins him. Like that it's sort like of all thing. All these weeks he's needed Yeah, all these weeks he's needed like multiple Superman punches and spears <laughs> and things like that. Just the one Superman punch that gets him the pin. Yep, it's just like he has to hit him at like the exact right angle. That's it. He has to hit him like right in the temple. Oh, and we we should say there was one highlight from this segment, um, which is that Braun threw Roman into the turnbuckle and the turnbuckle popped off. So that was a really cool moment. Yeah, that was a pretty cool spot. I would really like to see that again at some point. Like I was, yeah, you know, I hadn't seen that before, so I liked yeah, it. it was pretty cool. No, well, I've you never know. seen it done on purpose before. I've only ever seen like oh. the accidental rope breaks. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and I th- and it helps with the with the big men, like like mm-hmm. when they had uh, Big Show and Brock Lesnar break the ring and things like that. Yeah, and they like they've done that a couple times with some of the other big dudes, like Big Show and Mark Henry. I think did it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a it's a really cool visual effect. Mm-hmm. Um, like oh shit, he threw him into the turnbuckle so hard. Right. 
Because you see guys get thrown into it all the time. So when it's like, oh, wow, he has so much power that he broke the turnbuckle. Well, you know, it's a good thing for Roman Reigns he had that Kevlar vest on. Otherwise, he might have gotten really hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Those turnbuckles. (laughs) Otherwise, he might have gotten really hurt or something. He really has, like, a giant bruise on his, like, back from it. Yeah, like his back or his chest. Actually, you know what? At the end of the segment, when he was lying in the ring, like he was grabbing his chest. So you know, maybe maybe he has like a really weak concave chest, and that's why he has to wear the vest. Maybe he, you know what? Maybe we've been too hard on Roman Reigns this whole time, Joe. Maybe he really? can't get medically cleared to compete unless he wears the vest. He has a heart condition. <laughs> he has a heart condition. He has a weak heart. <laughs> Or maybe he has, like, really brittle bones in his ribs, so he has to have the extra protection or something. I like this weak heart idea, though. Like, every, <laughs> he can't he can't have too uh, intense of a cardio match. He has to, like, take breaks every once in a while, too. That's why he has to do the rest holds. He's like, I can't so, get my heart pumping too much, but doctor, I've got a bad heart. So at one point, like, Dolph should, like, rip off the, the vest and do, like, those repeated elbows to his chest like he did yeah. very long yeah, he's like i'm gonna do what i did to lawler <laughs> and then he kills him and then he can be the the heart stopper <laughs> or the heart stop kid he's a combination of bret hart and sean michaels yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> Dolph ziggler the heart stopper His finishing moves is like a sweet chin music into the uh, uh, sharpshooter. Wait, wait, he could just... (laughs) That'd be really bizarre. (laughs) So yeah, I'm going to hit you in the head and then I'm going to put you in the sharpshooter, which doesn't affect your head. (laughs) (laughs) You'll just be really confused while I put you in the sharpshooter. (laughs) Well, actually, you know what? They'd probably be better off then because then they... Maybe they'd be too knocked out to feel the pain from the sharpshooter. So they wouldn't yeah. even know what's going on. <laughs> anyway, uh, I want to throw in a note from 205 Live before we do some fast lane predictions. Uh, yeah. Because my, my only thing for... About... Sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say you want to talk about your favorite English wrestler, Jack Gallagher. Yeah. Uh, something happened with me this week. And... I've come to the breaking point. I'm fucking done with the Neville Gallagher feud. I just want Gallagher to just be destroyed. I want Neville to just absolutely mercilessly just destroy him in the ring on Sunday. Do you think maybe this came from the fact that it's like the two opposing sides of like the English personality? Or do you Uh... think the fact that like, because you have Neville who's like the gritty like hooligan kind of English wrestler versus Gallagher, like the more prim and proper like tea and biscuits. <laughs> well, it's, it's a combination of two things. One I'll go into as a character thing, which is that, uh, you know, in this earlier promos that they've had in this feud, Neville has talked about how he's you know pissed at Gallagher because Gallagher is just a British stereotype. And, mm. Gallagher seems to be doing everything in his power to just completely be a British stereotype. 
continue even, that stereotype. Exactly. Like even in this promo, being like, "Oh, what are you upset, chap? How about some t- tea and biscuits? Tea and biscuits?" And he like says it like so many fucking times to the point where it's like, "Dude, you really are. That's all you are." And then, so when the heel is right about just the basic stupid characteristic of the face, that's you know something as dumb as like, "Oh, you're you're a stereotype that." like well then why am i supposed to be behind this guy if all he is is just a little british stereotype my second problem yeah the reason you get behind oh no, go ahead okay sorry no i was just going. gonna say the reason you get behind characters is for the depth right at least for me yeah yeah that's part of it and then my second problem with this whole fucking thing is that it's like all right within the cruiserweight division neville is basically at this point the biggest hoss in the division he's the guy who like physically nobody else could beat him right Mm-hmm. Like, he's just the biggest, strongest, like, he'll fuck up anybody. Now, in this entire thing with Gallagher, they've done this entire one-note feud where the thing that happens every time is Gallagher physically gets the better of Neville, and Neville runs away. This does... This destroys both of their characters in one really shitty move. Because Neville no longer looks like a physical threat, he just looks like a pussy, because he's running away and can't beat this guy, who... Of every single person in that division, Gallagher should be, like, the physically least intimidating. Because his thing is not that he beats you with brute strength. He beats you with tactics. So he, they shouldn't be doing yeah, this and- formula of, like, oh, he headbutts him and he drop kicks him and then Neville runs away. It's like, no, like, if Neville gets overly aggressive, he gets him in a, a hold. That's what Gallagher should be doing. Yeah, and it's not even, like, like heels yes are supposed to take powders right like when the face is getting the best of them during a match you got to the side of the ring you catch your breath and then you come back in till you you're able to take the advantage mm-hmm. and that's great for the style of wrestler that gallagher is with that tactical stuff like mm-hmm. if he can't if he kept reversing neville's boots stuff but it's not something to run away from right. like it's okay to be like oh he keeps reversing my moves let me powder the outside come back in and go at it again it's another thing to go fuck this i'm out of here exactly like that that exactly what you described would make perfect sense for both of their characters yeah because like with neville this heightened aggression like it would also do that heightened frustration thing of like you know charging in and then you know gallagher could take advantage of it and reverse it then he gets mad and is like oh fuck he like goes outside maybe like hits the ring apron and you know and is like yelling at the crowd and shit like perfect but then he should be able to get back into the match and just destroy Gallagher. And that should be the heat spot, which is that mm-hmm. Gallagher can have all these tactics of getting out of this stuff, but as soon as Neville gets him into the grasp of the strength, that's where he loses. Right. And then it's the whole drama of the, well, can he you know, get out of this and then you know, get him into another hold or something? like. Mm-hmm. You know. But they've been doing it so weirdly. And it's just, yeah. it makes me so mad. This whole feud has been shit. And it's just, like, I just can't wait for Neville to crush him and move along. So hopefully they can re, re uh, like, figure out Gallagher and just get Neville back to crushing people again instead of just being a fucking weird pussy. Get him into a, a better feud. Which it's like, I remember even when they were setting this up, I was so excited. I was like, man, Gallagher was the right man. They picked the right guy because this would be a good feud. And then they just completely shat on it by, like, not mm-hmm. understanding how either of these characters operate. So Exactly. 
It's like, all right, just move along, please. Get somebody in there who you understand. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, now that we've run through Raw and 205 Live, you want to run down Fastlane and our predictions? Yep. Uh, So on the pre-show, you've got a cruiserweight tag team match of Rich Swan and Akira Tozawa versus the Brian Kendrick and Noam Dar. I think this is probably a babyface win, yeah? Yeah. Start off the the show right. Um, and both babyfaces are in line to get wins over their opponents, I think. Mm-hmm. And you, do, so, you need to build up more babyfaces for whoever's going to fight Neville next. So Yeah. So I think it makes perfect sense. Uh, and then we have Sami Zayn versus Samoa Joe in a singles match. Yeah, I think Joe's got to take this. Joe can take the win here. Uh, Sammy I mean, will be I'm really fine. excited for this match, though. This is... Oh, yeah, with the... Exactly. I think it's going to be... It, this could take a uh, match of the night. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Is like This is probably going to be my match of the night, but we'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, then we have Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax. I think Nia has to win again, right? Right? Like, but does that take away Sasha's credibility for trying to get into the Fatal 4-Way? For Mania. No, because I feel like Sasha just... I mean, she always they shouldn't has be doing this in. match. First of all, they shouldn't have been doing this match. But, um, like, she just beat Charlotte the other week, though. So I feel oh, like that true. helps in the fact that she's already won so many goddamn times. And, like, you know, they could just have her do a number one contenders match against... Well, I don't know. They could just throw her in there. Yeah. But honestly, I think Nia Jax... It would be better for her to have this because it it continues both of their stories in a better way because yeah. it continues Jax as being the monster and it continues Sasha's whole, like you know, worry about the injury. Yeah. Thing. Also, it makes Naya more credible for the title picture. Right. Uh, which leads us then into Bailey versus Charlotte Flair for the women's championship. Mm-hmm. Does Bailey stop Charlotte's pay-per-view record here? No, I think Charlotte's going to get it back. But mm-hmm. I, I, my only question here is I wonder whether it's going to be totally clean or if we're going to see like some interference backfiring sort of thing. Because before when Sasha was talking about how she was going to be at ringside, I kept thinking like, oh, well, maybe she is going to try and you know prevent Charlotte from cheating somehow but accidentally fuck it up and then Charlotte gets the title back or something. Ooh, so that leads into her and Bailey being on not friendly terms for wrestlemania yeah like especially if she accidentally like cost her the title and not just because like you could do the cost the win thing so it's like oh well charlotte still won on pay-per-view but she didn't get the title but i think it'd be a lot more powerful if she actually cost bailey the title if they were going to go that way especially because ending charlotte's streak has to be a big deal yeah uh, then we have the Raw Tag Team Championship of Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson going in as champions against Enzo and Cass. I think Enzo and Cass take it here. Really? Yeah. Mm, I'm pretty sure Gallows and Anderson keep it here just because like Cass just beat them this week again. So it's like, yeah. And they've been beaten by it. Roman Reigns. <laughs> so this <laughs> is their chance to... Exactly, this is their chance to get some sort of fucking win and just delay the win at least until like WrestleMania or a little bit before it. Or actually, you know, maybe, maybe it'd be even smarter to have like Enzo and Cass win night after WrestleMania. Maybe, 
do you think they continue the storyline of like Enzo not having his head in the game thing here with like maybe he loses it for them? Yeah, I could see them either doing that storyline of Enzo kind of fucks it up or you know club just DQ. Like either way could win. Yeah. Uh, I think I know what you're going to say for this next one. Neville versus Jack Gallagher for the Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah, I think uh, Neville's going to win. Especially because, yeah. like, this is the same... They're suffering the same problem. This one with uh, the Strowman thing is that this has been a completely one-sided booking. So it's like... Yeah. Anybody who pays attention to this shit, it's, like, too, almost too obvious. Which leads into our other booking, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Yeah, so Strowman has gotten the upper hand for way too long now, so Roman Reigns so probably right with a be, single Superman punch. Wouldn't it be really interesting if Braun Strowman actually beat Roman Reigns? The, again, I think there's a small possibility of that because I think the company is behind Braun. And then, like, you know, either then Undertaker decides to either fight them both or like changes his mind and is like, hmm, you know, actually, I'd rather fight Strowman. Yeah, uh, that. I heard a rumor at one point for a triple threat match. So that'd be kind of odd, though. Like, what would be the point of that? Just we all want to prove that we're the the best. Yeah, kind of a thing, and it takes uh, some of the weight of the match off of Taker. That's true. That would that might be a really sneaky way. Because then it's hmm. not you have the opportunity to like. Taker gets thrown to the outside for a while, so he gets a lot of rest time. And Right. Got a lot of rest spots, and both of them are big guys, so it's not going to be a really fast-paced match. It's going to be mm-hmm. kind of a brawl. Yeah. You know what? Maybe that's the best option for Undertaker as far as like actually having a quality match. And it'll also put Braun in a bigger highlighted match. Yeah. Rather than just in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. That's true. And you could... Honestly, the way that I would book it then, have Taker pin Reigns. Yeah. So then it's like, because yeah, I don't know, I feel like it would be really weird for Taker to lose in a three-way match, right? Or for yeah. him to just not get pinned. Yeah. Like, he would have to win, and then you'd I think you'd want to have him pin Reigns, so then Strowman's still the unpinned one. And he like, could brag about that. He could be like, mm-hmm. I wasn't the one pinned by Taker. like Right. And, you know, maybe, like, he could have been the one to have done, like, a lot of the damage to Roman Reigns right before that. But then, like, yeah. Taker takes out Strowman and then pins Reigns or something. Mm-hmm. And then we have our main event of Kevin Owens versus Goldberg for the Universal Championship. Yeah. Uh, I see <laughs> Goldberg winning, but there's still that just little bit of me that's like, maybe they just keep the title on Kevin. Yeah, I mean, that'd be nice, but yeah, pretty sure Mr. Goldberg's going to take it. Wouldn't it be nice? (laughs) Wouldn't that be nice? All right, so then on to SmackDown. Yes, on to the land of SmackDown, which uh, started off pretty hot. What did you think of the the Lynch and uh, James match? I thought it was great. I just thought this would have been better on like a pay-per-view with more time. Because it felt like yeah. a normal length match with just more pinfalls. <laughs> yeah, can you, I think the reason they did this, because I, I imagine they probably were going to hold this off until maybe a pay-per-view of some kind, maybe even WrestleMania. But I think they accelerated it because may, I'm, I'm wondering if they're concerned that Naomi's definitely not going to make it. So mm-hmm. they're thinking like, well, we need to build 
Alexa Bliss back up a new challenger. So, all right, Becky Lynch is going to be the challenger again. So yeah. we need to wrap up with Mickey James. So then Alexa has somebody. And that's an easy match to book for even a TV thing. Like, yeah, she got two, two pin balls out of three on the opponent. So she basically wins the feud. Actually, it, it's, uh, it kind of seemed that way too, and um, because I watched some of the stuff on YouTube, and there was a, I think it was probably a, a an exclusive on the WWE.com thing, but like mm. they talked to her about the win afterwards. Somebody was interviewing her, and basically the way that Becky was talking about it, she feels like it was like, hey, I'm I'm totally vindicated now. Like I feel like I don't need to fight Mickey James anymore because I just beat her twice legitimately, you know? Because like the only times that she's beaten me for the most part has been when she's cheated or had the numbers game and you know i just beat her my way i beat her clean so it's like i don't have anything else to prove like <laughs> so i think that could be the end of it for them yeah which is good because yeah uh becky or alexa bliss needs somebody to feud with right now and becky lynch is the one for that spot at this point <laughs> if naomi's not going to be there of course yeah i mean they don't have a lot of depth on that the women's side of the smackdown so it's still more than Raw's, but yeah. <laughs> Very true. Um, and then we got a good match, but just weird booking out of AJ Styles versus Luke Harper uh, for their number one contendership. Yeah, another killer match with Harper there, which, yeah. you know, no surprise. And, of course, with AJ Styles, definitely no surprise. Yeah, and uh, you had, of course, um, uh Luke Harper's foot being on the rope for the original pinfall. Shane McMahon comes down and restarts the match. Which, and up until that point, I thought that was still right. I thought that made sense. That was good booking. As far as, like, a, if if they were going to do... If, they, like, they're so dead set on the stupid AJ Styles and Shane McMahon feud, then it's like, okay, fine. <laughs> this made sense. Yeah. But then Luke Harper should have gotten the final pinfall. Yeah, because you restart the match, and then AJ loses, and so then he's pissed at Shane because he's like, "Hey, you restarted the match, and I lost. Like, I had it won the first time, fair and square." Yeah, it's like this. This does such a disservice to both Luke Harper and AJ Styles because now Luke Harper, you know, doesn't have the match that he needs to, you know, really kind of keep elevating his push, and then with AJ Styles, now he doesn't have. A legitimate gripe with Shane McMahon. Because it's like if, you know, the whole thing of like, oh, well, I beat Luke Harper and then you came out here and restarted the match and then I lost. Now I'm mad at you because you shouldn't have restarted it. Makes sense. But yeah. because he won anyway, it's like, why the fuck are you mad? Who cares? <laughs> you have the match. <laughs> I guess if Shane takes away the title shot or something. Yeah, so then now it's going to be predicated on like, I guess he's just going to take it away because Randy Orton reclaims it because, you know, we'll get into that at the end of the show because that's, yeah. hoo -hoo, that's a moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but first we had an actual segment that we found highlights out of uh, was the John Cena on the Miz TV segment. Yeah, this, this had a lot of highlights and a lot of different reasons, I think. Yeah, um, so Miz does the normal uh dressing down of cena in his promo of like you made fun of the rock for going away and doing the movies and now you're doing the same thing and cena came back with a lot of good points he pointed out that 
the Miz wasn't doing anything original in that promo that he's been told that many times. He said that he took the the rocks electricity on the real world to, to get himself noticed. He uses Ric Flair's um, figure four and he uses Daniel Bryan's offense. It just says like, "What's original about you?" He's like that. You stole, like, you stole Jericho's personality. <laughs> like, Jared, that, that's the other thing. Jericho's personality. Yeah, it's like everything about you is stolen. Yeah. See, <laughs> so, yeah, that was the really nice dressing down of Miz. I thought. Yeah, and and I'm not doing the review justice. Like, mm-hmm. you should go see this promo because he really he delivers it in a good way too. Yeah, actually, I had a question for you about some of the logic because I was wondering when Miz was talking. It seemed very strange that part of Miz's motivation was that apparently he's resented Cena all this time because it was like, you know, you upstaged me at WrestleMania or something and like you didn't like he was so concerned about how it was like because of you, like my win at WrestleMania didn't wean like mean something. And it was like it wasn't as legitimate or something because you and the rock. It was like, when has Miz cared about? how he wins a match like he just cares that he wins like this seems really strange like picking and choosing of characteristics of you know what i mean like it just seems weird yeah. that like all of a sudden Miz now cared and also because he's bragged about being in the main event before right right like he bragged so about it all the time and he's never had a problem with it so right. now is when he has a problem with it. so yeah there was some illogic there I guess, you know, at the same time, though, you could I could argue that it's like, well, where does pride ever have its limits, though? Because like maybe at one point that was satisfactory to him, but then now it's not or maybe it never was. And it's finally just got to its boiling point of I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Um, Come down to then, of course, the women getting involved. Yeah. And so this is the first time that Nikki Bella and Cena have been acknowledged as a couple on WWE TV. Oh, that is not true at all. I think this is the first time just on WWE TV they've been out together in that way. Because, like, they've talked about with Nikki Bella's programs all the time. On, like, either SmackDown or Raw? Yeah. Don't you remember just, like, a couple weeks ago how I was ripping about how, like, the whole Nikki Bella thing was fucking terrible? Because it was, like... Natalia just went on this tirade about how it's like, Nikki Bella, you're a piece of shit. Like, I've hated you for your entire life. You're manipulative. You're a slut. You're all this stuff. And she's just like, whatever. And then she's like, and never, John Cena will never marry you. And she's like, what, you fucking bitch? Oh, true. Yeah, I think that's, I'm sorry. I meant that, like, they were, they were out there together. And. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah this, I, this is probably the first one I can remember. Uh, And we had Nikki calling Maurice a bitch. For smacking John Cena. <laughs> yeah, I'll break you, bitch. <laughs> like, she's so fucking mad over that. Which, at first, then, like, oh my god. Like, especially when they were starting to walk away. Like, Miz and, you know, Maurice were walking away through the crowd. And then Cena and Nikki were staying there. I was watching that moment, and I realized, dude, WWE is going to fall head over heels in love with this feud. I feel like WWE has been waiting for a feud like this for so long. Mm -hmm. Like just this, it just, it screams to me like this feud that they're just like coming in their pants over. Cause it's like, Oh my God, look at this. We have two legitimate couples in a mixed tag match that we can do. Look at all about all the equality men and women. (laughs) And it's Dickie Bella and John Cena, our ultimate royalty. Oh my gosh. Like, it's just, 
uh, they're gonna they're gonna like just overdo everything to this. Which power couple Cena and like Nikki I'm Bell. just yeah the overexposure was something that initially I was very very worried about when I saw it, but then we had a segment a little bit after that where John Cena and Nikki Bella run into James Ellsworth and Carmella backstage, mm-hmm. and we get to see that what's actually going to happen with John Cena being around Nikki Bella is that now on WWE TV, on SmackDown, we get to see the John Cena that is around Nikki Bella, who is the troll John Cena, because he trolls the shit out of her all the time, and now it's going to be extending to all the people around him. Because in this segment, he trolled the fuck out of James Ellsworth, and it was hilarious. What did you think of it? Yeah, uh, I think you're going to get... Like this very heelish side to Cena and Nikki. Yeah, like I couldn't believe that it. Comes I was... <laughs> out on like Total Bellas and Total Divas. Yeah, like I was watching that segment. I was like, "Who the fuck are these people? These are not the John Cena and Nikki Bella who are normally on SmackDown, like at all." <laughs> but it's gonna be like I can't wait now. I'm so excited for just weeks and weeks of John Cena the troll on SmackDown. This is going to be hilarious. I, yeah. I, I, oh, I'm really excited. <laughs> this is going to be so exciting. Um, I don't know. Are you as excited about this as I am? <laughs> just, no, I think you're a little more excited. Like, it's just... I, I almost can't believe that they're letting this happen either. Like, do you think this is an accident? They just didn't script him and they were like, all right, just, yeah, just go out. You, We trust you. And this is what happened, or like, like how did this even slip through the cracks? Because this is like their total heels. Uh, I think, I don't think WWE sees it that way. I think they just see them as, oh, it's just Cena and Nikki being Cena and Nikki. <laughs> oh, they're just being douchebags. Whatever, that's normal. Uh, but speaking of things, just. Being douchebaggy. Um, what about the opposite booking there of uh, that Ziggler and Paula Cruz feud that's going on right now? Like, this is just nonsense. Uh, I'm just so dumb with this feud. Like, it was actually really interesting because uh, at this point, I just assumed nobody gave any fucks at all. But, like, in this match, there were a good decent amount of spots where, like, the crowd was starting to get behind Cruz. And I was like, huh, okay. Like, if they did this right... They could have actually gotten something out of this. Yeah, the the crowd would have been behind him from the beginning. Yeah, if they had booked this feud right, which they fucked it up back at Elimination Chamber by having Ziggler lose then. Like, you know, if Ziggler had done the heel, get the win there, then at this point they could have booked Cruz to win this chairs match and that could have gone somewhere. You know, like that could have been the start of something for Apollo Cruz, finally. Some actual character, you mean? Like, you know, some actual character or momentum or just fucking something. Because, like, you know, part of it that really helped, the way that this match started with Apollo Crews just fucking ambushed Ziggler from behind and just started beating the fuck out of him. People were excited for that because it's like, hey, finally, he's not smiling. He's coming out here, he's beating motherfuckers. That's what we want to see him do. This, like, insanely powerful black athlete. We want to see him fuck people up. <laughs> Is that so much to ask for? That's all we want. 
We just want to see him do moves on guys. We d- we don't want to see him just come out here and be smiling and get his ass kicked. Like nobody wants to see that shit. Uh, but yeah, so just uh, very weird backwards booking for that feud. But uh, we have our final segment from SmackDown to talk about. I hope you like fire. <laughs> I'm a fan of fire. So we get. Bray Wyatt coming out alone and he's cutting this promo on the ring basically saying how AJ Styles gonna die basically I think <laughs> and he mentions about where um, he says Bray comes from hollow ground and it's a place that begins in the dirt and stretches all the way down to its molten core in fact Randy Orton is there now and it cuts to Randy Orton on the screen at the cabin of where the Wyatt vignettes started mm-hmm. and he says this is where Sister Abigail is buried and turns on Bray at this point and he claims that he used the pickaxe to cut up the coffin that I guess Sister Abigail was in and then proceeds to light that ground and the whole cabin on fire yeah like a true sociopath <laughs> And then does his pose as the building is burning in the background. (laughs) Like, it's pretty fucking awesome, actually, this this whole thing of, like, all right, like, there we go. This is a a made-sense end goal of, like, all right, I gained his trust enough so that I could get to the source of him and his power, which was the compound. And he, they they brought back all the the quotes, right? Mm -hmm. So he said that. He was like, I wanted to find Bray's power, cut off the source, um... Now that Bray's powerless, I am the master, and he is the servant. Mm-hmm. So that's why he could go for his title, and yep. yeah. What I tell you, man, it was all about the wording. That at yep. some point they were gonna shift the tables, and what really sold this entire fucking thing? Because this could have just been like another fucking thing of like, oh, whatever. Like I did this thing against you, but like, why be like, oh, well, I don't give a shit. Like Wyatt sold the fuck out of this, mm-hmm. like. This is the most devastating thing that has happened to Wyatt on WWE TV. He has never reacted this intensely to anything. He was hitting his head on the announce table. Hitting his head on the announce table, crying and like like just holding himself like up into like the corner and like holding his hair. Like he was freaking the fuck out. He was like doing like the little baby thing. Of a, mm-hmm. I'm t- why am I totally blanking on what it's called right now? But like a fetal position thing, almost. Yeah. Not quite that level, but like, oh, damn near close. <laughs> <laughs> so, him selling this, it's like, oh, this is actually a big deal to him because that's what's important is if this was a big deal to Wyatt because it's part of the feud, and now that Wyatt has been completely fucking broken in a way that he's never been broken before. Because of this, I really hope this is the start of him capitalizing. He's going to come back even more vicious, even more psychotic, like even just more detached and deranged to the point where because it's like you fucking destroyed the only thing I really cared about. You know, the only thing I have left is this title. And if you think you're going to take this from me, I'm going to fucking kill you, Randy Orton. I'm going to kill you dead. Like, that's what I want to see. And like takes it to the extreme that Orton took it to. Oh, yeah, and farther. Like, I want to see their match at WrestleMania be like a you're a dead man match. 
Like just a, a death match of some kind or something. Maybe like Buried Alive or Inferno. Ooh. Bring back Inferno match. When's the last time they did one of those? And now it fit with the burning down the complex. A, a Buried Alive Inferno match. A Buried in a Fire match. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be like, oh, you know what? This is finally the culmination of the you go die in a fire. It's like, <laughs> it's like all right, I'm going to bury you and then I'll light you on fire match. <laughs> That'd be a hell um, of a, a end to WrestleMania. Randy <laughs> or, or Bray Wyatt kills Randy Orton. <laughs> uh, Randy's definitely dead because he was just thrown into a pit of pure fire. He was just thrown into a pit of pure fire. He is definitely dead. Well, good night, everybody. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed WrestleMania 33. <laughs> oh, that that would be like a WCW ending. Yeah. And Bray throws Randy into a pit of fire, and we are desperately out of time. And we are desperately out of time. <laughs> oh, man. And are we desperately out of time? I think we are. Uh, we will catch up on NXT next week because of when we're recording this. Yes. Uh, we'll catch up on and, NXT. Oh, any chance, Philadelphia area people that listen to this, if you're up at the Cardboard Classic, look for Eagle 5. That is the Winnebago from Spaceballs. That is the, uh, that is the sled that my team and I are riding down in. So. Yeah. All right. Good shit. Um, did we plug away the show? Oh, yeah. I got to, uh, yeah, so uh, check us out on social media. Facebook, uh, Super Smart Brothers. Twitter, at Smart Brothers. Super Smart Brothers at gmail.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and our original home of Podbean. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And uh, shit. Hopefully Fastlane will be all right. What are you? Last last question for you. What yeah. Do you, do you think Fastlane is going to be an overall like? Is it going to be a good show? Is it going to be a disappointment? I think it's going to be a good show. All right. Um. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to be optimistic with you this time. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's going to be a decent show. Yeah. I'm going on vacation tomorrow, so I'm trying to be optimistic about the next couple. <laughs> Yeah, let's be optimistic. All right. Peace out, everybody. Hopefully we're not too wrong. But if we are, WrestleMania will probably suck too. So. <laughs>